Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Morning Leftovers. As always, Zach and Mike here. How's it going? How's it going, everyone? And sort of a kind of quiet week in sports this past weekend. Nothing too major happened in the college world. Just sort of chugging along. Michigan is on a bye. Um, Michigan State had a home game against the Purdue Boilermakers, who were coming off that trouncing of Ohio State the previous week. So we're just going to get right into it because, um, yeah. Yeah, well, um, you know, the first big thing was, uh, you know, different quarterback playing for Michigan State. They put in uh, Rocky Lombardi, finally, you know, sunshine. And I thought he did all right. You know, it it wasn't perfect, but for not playing much, I think he did all right. You know, it was 26 for 46, 318 passing yards, two touchdowns, um, no interceptions, so that was cool. Um, you know, the team is still kind of the same stuff we keep talking about every right. week. Yeah, for, I mean, for the I watched – a good portion of this game, at least the whole first half. And, yeah, Michigan State has played sort of the same way, same kind of game. For the most part, it was Purdue just couldn't really get anything going offensively. You know, the previous week they put up 30, 40-some points. So, you know, 13 for Purdue. Michigan State's defense played well like we would expect them to. You know, defensively they're not horrible. They're a pretty good defensive team. They're not elite as they have been in the past few years, but they're very good, especially their front seven. So, you know, they took Purdue's running game away, which they've pretty much done to every team they played this year besides Michigan. And, you know, they, they got to win. So, you know, Purdue, people were saying they're the, they've been the hottest team as of late. They went on that, you know, four-game winning streak or whatever after starting the season 0-3. So Michigan State, you know, stopped their momentum. And the West Division looks very interesting. After we talk about finish up the Michigan State and talk about Michigan, I want to talk about the West Division because it's, it's getting sort of interesting right now. I mean, teams aren't no good, really, but it's close. You know, it's definitely something to watch over there in the West. So, yeah, so – you know, not, not not really any sexy numbers by Michigan State's offense, really. I mean, Lombardi did have over 300 passing yards, which is pretty good, especially for someone that hasn't really played that much. No turnovers from him, like we've said all year. It's awesome. You give everyone one. He didn't have any, so good for him. As always, Michigan State's running game really wasn't that good. LJ Scott, 15 for 52, so that's not horrible. It's three point, like three yards a carry or something. So it's not bad. It's not great. It's, it's every week, though. You know, it's going into the year, you thought it would be a lot better. So it, you're it's coming, disappointing. You're coming down to the final stretch. This team is what it is. You know, changes are going to have to happen in the offseason. Right. You know, it's... it's Kind of just cruise control, just finish the season out, you know, get a 
crappy bowl game. Hopefully the team can go someplace nice. About it, really. So looking ahead now, after that quick update, this week the Michigan State Spartans get on the plane and they head out east to take on the Maryland Terrapins, who are also 5-3. and three. Same record as Michigan State. The ugliest jerseys and helmets in football. Yeah, we've talked about it. Yeah, it's, it's not great. Maryland, you know, they're sort of – they've been under the radar, sort of. Like, 5-3 and three for them, I think, is pretty good. First game of the year, they had a great win over Texas. Texas was in the top ten this week. They did get upset this weekend, but that was a very good win for them. Uh, however, Maryland lost to Temple, Michigan, and Iowa. So those are Maryland's losses. So they don't really have any good wins besides the Texas game, the first game of the year. They played Illinois, Rutgers, Minnesota, Bowling Green, and Texas. Those are the wins. So there's not really, besides that Texas game, there's not really a good win. So their record might be a little little skewed. A little skewed. But, but, you know, Michigan, like, Michigan State hasn't had the greatest year either. And Maryland is playing at home. So, you know, as we know, home field advantage in college is, is a thing. The spread of the game right now is minus one and a half to Michigan State. So, as of right now, Vegas is going to think it's going to go either way. It's like 50-50 pretty much. So, you know, what Maryland likes to do is run the ball. They're not really a passing team. They have a lot of motions. You know, back when they played Michigan, you know, I really watched them because other than that, I didn't really watch Maryland play it all this year. They run options, jet sweeps. Because of the fact they don't really pass it, they rely so much on the rushing game. Yeah, I'm going to give the advantage to the Spartans. Um, It's a game they should win because of that. You know, teams that pass more are generally what hurt the Spartans. So, even though it's a road game, I'm going to go with the Spartans winning this one. Yeah, I I think it'll be close. You know, usually Vegas isn't wrong. So I close game. Michigan State should win though. I mean, I Maryland is mid middle of the road to bottom of the East Division. So it's definitely a game that Michigan State should win. But maybe Michigan State will have one of those games where they play down to their competition, and they might. I don't they do. They it. could I lose. Mean, yeah, I don't know. They step up for big games against weaker opponents. They relax, and it's hurt them this year. But I, I would probably have to agree with you. Michigan State should win. Is Brian Lewerke going to play? Are they going to keep rolling with Rocky? What do you Lewerke think? hasn't impressed me this year. I, I want to see what... How severe is the injury? Do you know anything about that? Um, It sounds like he will play again at some point this year. Or he's he will be able to. But me personally, I would like to see 
Rocky gets some more playing time. Now, opponent like this, it's a road game. You know, get him ex- get him some experience on the road. You know, I don't playing Lewerke more now isn't going to do anything for you, right? You know, if Lombardi is who they want for the future. Let's get him some playing time. Well, so you guys might have a quarterback controversy going into the next year because you know Lewerke's not leaving because he had an yeah. awful year. Yeah, so this could be interesting. Quarterback battle brewing in East Lansing. Because yeah. Lurkey still has one more year left of eligibility, I believe. Yeah. Um, I want to see that. Let's have a quarterback country. Let's have these two guys compete during the offseason. Get a new offensive coordinator in there. Let's Hopefully. Yes. Or D'Antonio needs to go. I, I'm hoping. it's. I'll get more fired up about this another time. But, yeah. Yeah. It needs to happen. So, yeah, I'll um, – either way, either Lewerke or Rocky, whoever plays, I think Michigan State should get the win. I do think it'll be a close game, but Sparty should get another W. So, with that being said now, we're going to move to Michigan. They were – they're coming off a of bye week. They had last week off to get ready for this big Penn State game. Uh, we're home at the big house. Penn State's coming to town. We got mid-afternoon kickoff, 345 ESPN, prime time. So Penn State is coming off of a good win at home against Iowa. And I did get to see second half to the end of the game. They ended up – Penn State ended up winning 30-24. to However – Iowa, you know, we're going to play the shoulda, woulda game. Iowa should have won that game. I was, I think, less than a minute left in the game. Iowa had the ball on the five-yard line, and the quarterback threw an interception on the goal line. Yeah. You know, we're playing the shoulda, woulda game, but I'm just saying if Iowa should have won the game. Like, you're on the five-yard line. You throw an interception with a minute left in the fourth quarter. Like, well, crazy thing, but it, it happened. You know, the players made the play. I mean, Penn State's had some games where they should have won this year, and yeah, like the Ohio did. State so, game. I don't know, equaled mm. out, I guess. So yeah, it, I guess it does equal out. So Penn State is currently ranked 14th. Michigan is still ranked five. They had a bye. They didn't move anyone above them. They just sort of stayed where they were. So last year, Penn, we went to Penn State, and it was the whiteout game, and we absolutely got throttled by them. So, like all year, Michigan's on the revenge tour, the words we like to use. Yep. We're halfway through the revenge tour, Wisconsin and Michigan State, both wins, coming off a of bye. Now we got our third straight tough game, home against Penn State. And I'm, you know, I, I'm sort of drinking the Kool-Aid right now, but I think Michigan should just keep rolling. I really don't think Penn State is that great of a team this year. I think they're a little overhyped. You know, Michigan State went there and beat them. We beat yeah, Michigan you, State it, and East Lansing. It's a game I definitely think you will win. I would like to see you run up the score more, though, yeah. in this game because – We'll find out tonight the uh, 
official rankings come out for the playoff. Right now, you're projected to be uh, five. So, you know, running up the points against a 14, that's going to do you better to move up. No, we need we weeks. need to we need to destroy them because you know it, one thing is the pen the Big Ten was supposed to be so strong this year, and they a lot of teams have kind of been a letdown. So it's Michigan's winning the games they need to. But the fact that the Big Ten is a little weaker than everyone thought, it might kind of hurt them come time to get into the playoff. And here's some some statistics for everyone. I'm going to get a little stat heavy right now, so bear with us. Um, for Penn State, their scoring offense is ranked 11th in the whole country. They're averaging 41 points a game. Michigan's scoring defense is sixth in the country at 14.4 points per game. So, you know, something's got to give. You know, if you'd want to average it out, I would say that's somewhere around 20 to 28 points. If you wanted to average that. Granted, you know, Penn State's scoring offense is so high because they haven't really played anyone. Although we'll be fair, the Ohio State game was kind of a shootout. Last week they played Iowa. Like Iowa's, to me, is not that good of a team. They lost to Wisconsin. We crushed Wisconsin, so I don't really think that was, you know, really a hard team to play either. And also, all of Penn State's hardest games so far have all been played at home. Yeah, Iowa, Michigan State, Ohio State. Now they got to go play a ranked team on the road for once this year. I just don't, you know, we've been, everyone's like, oh, the Trace McSorley show. Well, he is literally their whole team. Yeah, you you would have to go out and have game of his life for them to be able to win this game. And... You know, comparing Trace McSorley to Shea Patterson, here's some no- more numbers for you guys. Trace McSorley has completed 122 passes for 1,600 yards, 12 touchdowns, four interceptions. Shea Patterson has completed one more pass for 1,523 yards, 12 touchdowns to three interceptions. So Shea Patterson has 100 yards less one more completion, one less interception. Patterson's a little more efficient by those numbers too. So, so oh yeah, because he has yeah, his completion percentage yeah. is a lot better. So all the the McSorley. So really, might not be real. I would take Shea Patterson over Trace McSorley, and Trace McSorley is Penn State's whole team. And we can be honest, Shea Patterson. By no means is he an elite college quarterback. So with that being said, as Shea Patterson's numbers are better than Trace McSorley's, with the defense we have, really this game to me should not be close whatsoever. Because Penn State's defense, in my opinion, at least their front seven, their pass defense might be a little better than Michigan State's, but their front seven is not as good as Michigan State's. 
So we should be able to run the ball on them pretty easily. We ran it well on you guys. We ran it well on Wisconsin. Yeah. I really don't think we're going to have an issue running the ball on them, especially being at home. We Michigan, you know, whatever you want to say, they play, they do play a lot better at home compared to on the road. So, and like I just said, Penn State has not played a tough team on the road yet all year. So, you know, I don't know. I I'm gonna I'm obviously rolling with Michigan. I'm taking Michigan. I think Michigan, like like I said, the revenge tour thing. We should be able to beat them pretty handedly. Yeah, I mean Vegas is giving Penn State ten, so that tells you right there, Vegas is giving double digits in a game against two ranked teams. That tells you that people are thinking very highly of Michigan. Yeah. So, plus, we should be getting Tariq Black back this week. You know, I talked about the last time we did an update. He was dressed for the Michigan State game. He traveled. He came on the field, and they called timeout. I think they just didn't want to risk getting him re-injured, especially since – it was rainy and wet outside. Yeah. So he gets an extra week, two weeks to, uh, you know, continue to heal and rest. And I think he'll be ready to go. We'll have um, a. Uh, I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. We'll have our arguably our best wide receiver back. So um yeah. That should uh, be it. It's important for them to get him back now. You know, get him in there. This week, you got Rutgers and Indy. Hold on, guys. We're, we're, we have some breaking news right now. And we'll get into it in a little bit. Um, so, yeah, back to college. But, uh, yeah, um, you know, get him in Penn State game. Then at Rutgers, India home, you know, and that way he's ready for the OSU game. That was my point I was trying to bring up. Because yeah. after this game, we sort of get to, well, we definitely get one pretty much another bye week since we are playing Rutgers that we should get our second string in, third string, whatever. We should get a lot. Shea Patterson shouldn't even play that game. Just put in McCaffrey and let him just get reps. Yeah, I agree. So, um, yeah, go blue. We're uh, keeping on this train here, the revenge tour. Hopefully Mike is kind of sort of rooting for Michigan because we're sick of seeing Ohio State and Penn State um, do well. No, I definitely am. I want You guys deserve it. Your fan base deserves to have Finally. something go well. You know, and for as much as I give you guys crap, you are very dedicated to your teams, you know, so I respect that. And I'm I'm still, you know, I'm riding high on the Michigan State-Ohio State game. I think I still, there's something down deep inside me where I think Michigan State can beat Ohio State a few weeks down the road. I just, I'm telling you, I think, I don't think Urban's going to be around much longer. I really don't. I just have a weird feeling 
between everything that happened over the summer and now like he's getting pressure from the AD and the board. Talk about health issues. Health issues. We've heard this before with him. I don't know. So I the Ohio State season could literally just unravel completely. So I don't I don't know. Well I, I'm riding high with Michigan State on that game, but that's a few weeks down the road. Um so now We'll transition to the West Division in the Big Ten before we um, talk about any hot topics and then um, move on to the NFL. So if I pull up the... The Big Ten standings. All right, hold on one second while I get it up. I can't. The Big Ten standings? Yeah. I'm just going to look on my phone. I got the. Why is it being stupid? I got it. Northwestern. The conference is 5 and 1. Wisconsin three and two, Iowa three and two, Purdue three and two, Nebraska one and four, Minnesota one and four, and Illinois one and four. Okay, so here here's the here's the scoop right now. This this is gonna get interesting. Now, like we said, none of these teams I think are that good. I mean, Northwestern's overall record is not good, but their Big Ten conference record is pretty good at five and one. Like that's pretty good. Um so Wisconsin has already played both Iowa and Northwestern. They split. They beat Iowa, but they lost to Northwestern this past weekend, which is huge for Northwestern because now they have the tiebreaker over them, and they're a game ahead based on conference record. Yeah. Northwestern still has to play Iowa. Mm -hmm. And Wisconsin still has to play both Purdue and go to Penn State. So, to me, I'm just going to throw Wisconsin out because I just don't think they're going to survive. I think they're going to lose another one of those two games, either at Purdue or at Penn State. They could lose both, but I, I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I think they'll split at least. Yeah, I would say split. But. So, that would put, that'd put them at three losses in the conference. They're not going to the West Championship with three losses, in my opinion, especially since Northwestern is the tiebreaker. Now, if we look at Purdue's schedule, they're sort of on the outside looking in. They have a big game this week. Iowa is going to Purdue. Huge game. This is sort of going to you know, decide. Iowa also has two losses in the conference, only one division loss, though. So that sort of helps a little. So that this is sort of a big game because – it's sort of going to, in my opinion, it'll knock out one of these teams and keep the other one alive. And then Purdue, you know, they go to Minnesota, which should be a win. Then they, they're home again for the Wisconsin game. And they go to Indiana. Um, now looking at Iowa, like I said, they got to go to Purdue. If you're an Iowa fan, you have to go to Purdue – then you have a home game against Northwestern, and then you finish up the season with two pancake 
weeks in at Illinois and home against Nebraska. So, based on what I think, I think the two teams that are still in it in the West are Iowa and Northwestern. I just don't think Purdue's getting there. You know, they've sort of kind of turned around their whole program, especially with that huge win over Ohio State. And then they had the ranked win against uh, Boston College a few weeks ago. I like their, their new their new coach. I think he's turning the program around. You know, Purdue used to be like the joke. Yeah, I, I think next year maybe Purdue could contend um, just – Purdue's actually been doing pretty decent recruiting. They've actually been uh, they've been getting some good recruits. So Purdue in the future will definitely, I think, contest in the West. So Iowa go to Purdue, and then they have a home game against Northwestern. That game will probably decide the division. If Northwestern beats them then Iowa will have three Big Ten losses, and they'll have the tiebreaker over Iowa as well. So that game will probably decide this division. From a fan's point of view, I don't really prefer either or. Like, it's sort of kind of honest. Well, if I'm looking at it from a Michigan fan's perspective, I'll root for Iowa because we've already played Northwestern, so I just want to play a different team. Who, okay, as a Michigan fan, just assuming you're in the Big Ten Championship, who who do you fear the most out of those? Probably Northwestern. Northwestern. Because Iowa is, most years, is like Wisconsin, except they don't have as good as good of recruits and is like us and really don't have as good of recruits. They play like the same style, like the I formation, you know, tight ends getting a crap ton of yards and all that stuff. So it's like a miniature Wisconsin, which means it's like a double miniature Michigan. Some years I was better than Wisconsin, like kind of this year they're better. So it's pretty much like a Michigan team, except not as much talent. This is the way I'd like to put it. Northwestern, though, we already beat them once. It's hard to beat a team twice, although it would be on a neutral field, and we'd probably own the stadium because there's not many Northwestern fans. Like, I I just wouldn't, you know. You don't think there's going to be a lot of purple in that stadium? Plus, we'd be playing on turf, not grass. I think Michigan plays better on turf. Yeah. They're faster. So that helps. That's an advantage. We wouldn't have to worry about weather because it's inside. So, I, Northwestern scares me more, but in the circumstances of where we'd be playing, I still think Michigan would easily handle both of these teams. I, but, like I said, I'd rather us play Iowa just because we have not played them, and I guess it would be sort of interesting just to play a different team. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I like watching Iowa, too, yeah. from a – entertainment standpoint you know I, I was a good sound football team to watch they're not super gimmicky right so the west division will be pretty interesting and then northwestern schedule they have a so this is sort of what i want to get into too this week they have a huge game 
non-conference game. Notre Dame's coming to Northwestern. 7-15 kickoff on ESPN. Notre Dame's third in the country. They're 8-0 undefeated. And Northwestern has sort of been, like like we've said, they've you know handled their business, beating Michigan State at Michigan State. They beat Wisconsin. They almost beat Michigan. Um, they beat Purdue already. And they had those two weird losses at the beginning of the year to Duke and Akron. So, like, I don't – if they wouldn't have lost those games, they would be 7-1. and one. That fan base has got to be kicking themselves. Like, they'd be legit. If they didn't lose those two fluky games at the start of the year, like 7-1 and one with an only loss to Michigan by three points. Yeah, you're, you're looking at them being a top 15 at least. Yeah. At maybe, least. Maybe top 10 team. So, you know, I – I, from a fan's perspective on this game, I don't really know who I'd want to root for because if we beat Northwestern, if Notre Dame gets beat, that helps us because we'll jump them in standings, but it also hurts us because we lost to Notre Dame. So it's sort of kind of like, well, you lost to a team that has not lost to a team that you beat. But they did lose, so you jumped them in the standings because they lost this late in the year. I I think you want Notre Dame to just kind of keep winning. Yeah, I mean it helps our case. Yeah, you know, if Notre Dame goes undefeated and your only loss is to Notre Dame, well, you can get like if you, you can justify that loss to an undefeated yeah. team, right? So I don't know. I mean. So they got that game coming up this weekend, big game, and then they go to Iowa. Go to Minnesota and then finish up the year against Illinois. Like I said, to me, this game coming up this week, obviously it affects their overall record, but it does not hurt the Big Ten standings for them at all. Right. Um, so really, like I said, that Iowa game to me is going to probably determine who goes to Indy, I would assume. Mm-hmm. So... So, yeah, I mean, the only – because let's think about this. So, Northwestern has one Big Ten loss. Iowa has two. But it's the, – the Iowa only has one division loss. And then they have one conference loss. Northwestern has one conference loss. So, if Iowa were to beat Northwestern, they'd have the tiebreaker head-to-head. And they both have two Big Ten losses, one being a conference and one being a division. So that game, as long as everything plays out like it should be, is the game for the the West Championship. Yeah, it's it's the West Championship game, and then the winner will play whoever comes out of the East, which as of right now should either be Ohio State or Michigan. Maybe Michigan State, but... It would have to be. There need some fluky stuff to happen there. Yeah. Michigan. Well, Michigan State would have to beat Ohio State. Yeah. It, it's a weird scenario. It, it Michigan would have to lose Penn State and Ohio State. Michigan State would have to win out. Michigan State would have to win out. 
You would have to. We have to drop two. So you're you're gonna have to lose to one of either at Rutgers or Indy or Penn State. But like I said, Michigan State would have to beat Ohio State too. So it gets interesting. I don't know. It, it's not likely, right? It it's outside looking in type of stuff. Um, the other thing before we switch over to pro is another huge game this week is Alabama at LSU. Yes. Um, Alabama is number one in the country. LSU is four. four. Huge game. This is like the college game day game of the week, I believe, on at 8 o'clock or whatever. Kirk Herbstreet and Fowler are doing this game, I think. <sighs> I'm rooting for Alabama. Oh, God, I can't believe I'm saying this. I want LSU, but it hurts Michigan if LSU wins. So I'm kind of rooting for Alabama. Yeah, true, because a loss will still not bump Bama. Right, because everyone sucks at Bama's ding-dong. So as much as I want LSU to win, I'm – Sort of going to root for Alabama, even though I really don't want to. Unless LSU wins and Notre Dame loses. Because if Notre Dame loses to an unranked team, they're going to drop probably out of the top ten. So, uh, I, I can't I root know. for Bama. I don't, I don't want to either. I'm just going to not watch the game and then whatever happens, happens. Because <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. Uh, LSU, although, you know what, like, even though LSU's in front of us, they definitely deserve it because they've had some really good wins this year. They've beaten, you know, at the start of the year, they beat Miami, was ranked. They beat number two Georgia, Mississippi State. They did lose to Florida at Florida, though. Um, Vegas is giving LSU no respect in this game, though. It's a, They're getting 14 and a half. Oh, man, I would not. I, no. I would be putting. Yeah, I'd be on LSU, LSU man. Yeah, I would. No, there's no way. It is, I mean, granted, Alabama's sort of taken care of them the past few years, but LSU is a totally different team this year. Especially being at being at LSU at night, that place is going to be rocking. Yeah. Plus, Alabama hasn't played anyone all year. Like it's the same crap every year. They play all these crappy schools, and then they finally play a good game during the season, and they usually lose one. Let's see. They beat Louisville, Arkansas State, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, ULL. What is ULL? Oh, the uh, Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Um, Arkansas, Missouri, and Tennessee. Haven't played anyone. Their one ranked game they played was twenty-two Texas A&M. That was a home game for Bama. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I'm I guess you know screw it. I'm just gonna root for LSU because Bama still has to play Auburn too. Maybe they lose two games. And they have misses. Well, Auburn's at home for them. They got Mississippi State at home. Like, 
Mississippi State's home? No, or? Bama's home. What about for Auburn? Auburn's in Bama. Okay. Uh, they also play uh, Citadel. Yeah. The Citadel Bulldogs. But essentially, this is almost like the the West Division championship game. Yeah. Because even though LSU has a loss, it's a, it's a conference loss, not a division loss. Plus, they'd have the tiebreaker from head-to-head. So... We shall see. We shall see. Good game. Good. A lot of a lot of good game, man. I'm Michigan State games on at noon, and you got the Michigan Penn State game on at three forty five, and then you got Northwestern Notre Dame at seven thirty, seven fifteen, and then you got the Bama game on at eight. Like good games all day. Spaced out to watch football all day. Good week of football. So that being said, we're going to move on to uh, NFL. The NFL. We're going to talk about the Detroit Lions. And uh, they lost game on a Sunday to the Seattle Seahawks. It's like the same thing. It's been all year, like the inconsistency with this team. They play really great one week, and then they don't play well at all. I'm so annoyed watching them. Just when you think... They're turning it together. They go and lay an egg like this against Seattle. But with that loss, like, you're going to the Vikings. Like, this division is so close. Even though they're so frustrating to watch, they're still they're, in it. Oh, they're still way in it. It's still, like, every no one is taking the reins on this division. It's all still within two games. So, you know, Vikings lost to the Saints this weekend. Green Bay lost to the Rams. And then Green Bay has another tough game this week. They got to go to New England. They're yeah. probably going to lose that game, too. I would put money that they will. Now, we go up to Minnesota. Chicago, still in the driver's seat. Chicago goes to Buffalo, so they should win that game. That put them at 5-3 and three if they win. They'll, they're back in first place right now, Chicago is. They just got to control their business, and they, uh, you know, as of right now, I'd still probably pick Chicago as the favorite just because their defense is better than anyone else's in the whole division, and Kirk Cousins can't win a big game. Stafford can't win a big game. And Green Bay is just the Aaron Rodgers show. So, anyway, back back to the Lions game this past weekend. Stafford did not play very well in my opinion the stats sort of lie again 27 for 40 310 yards two touchdowns one pick the pick however was in the red zone it was a very very bad interception um but i'm not gonna blame everything on stafford because for the first half Actually, for the first three quarters, our defense could not stop Seattle at all. We could not get off the field. Seattle owned the time of possession. And, you know, we started the game well, though. Started up 7 nothing. Mm-hmm. Then Seattle went and scored. They kicked to us, and Amir Abdullah fumbles the kick return. And that sort of changed the whole momentum of the game. After he fumbled that ball and that Seattle got the ball, like, on our 30-yard line, 
Went down and scored again, 14-7. Then Seattle just sort of just grinded the whole game. Like, it was, like 28 points is sort of decent to me. Like, I would say 20, between 20 and 30 points for each team on any yeah. given Sunday is sort of the average. So it's not like they scored a crap ton on us, but they just sort of they held the ball a lot. They just sort of slowly moved down the field the whole game. And just grind it out a win. Yeah, they, they controlled it. It was watching the Lions is frustrating. Like they, they couldn't do much of anything. And honestly, for this this week, especially, you know, I will say we could not run the ball. It wasn't a, a give carry on the ball problem. We couldn't run the ball. We only had thirty four rushing yards. Carry on went eight for twenty two, which is two point eight yards a carry. That's bad. Uh, he's usually averaging like five plus a, a touch this year. This game, Seattle's run defense shut us down. They did, and you know we got to remember, Carry on's a rookie too, right? You know he's gonna have games like this. That just it wasn't a good game. I don't know. It's just a weird game, honestly. I don't know. Stafford didn't play well enough, not nearly well enough, and our no. defense just couldn't get off the field. So when your defense is playing as bad, this is a game where you need Stafford to really step up, right? And he didn't. Although, uh, what'd you think of Snacks? Snacks did well. Yeah, Snacks had I think seven solo tackles and a sack. He played a lot. He just stepped right in and just... Um, yeah, I read like he played like 62% of the snaps, which was extremely high for him. He usually only does like 50% of snaps throughout the game. Oh, uh, he played a lot. He played good. Just everything around him. It wasn't great. Yeah. Oh, God. Especially T's Tabor. He got burned so much. That's looking to be a huge bust pick, especially, you know, for a second-round pick. You'd expect a corner to at least be average. It's average. He's not even average. Uh, he, he played bad, very bad. He got holding calls, pass interference calls. He got ahead of bomb touchdown thrown on him. It's just not a good game. I mean, he keep playing like this. He'll be out of the league within like two years. Yeah, because that. And it's going to be another wasted, you know, high pick. You know, second, third round wasted pick. Yep. So that's not, it's, I don't know. Yeah, that, this game was definitely, you know, the expression, same old Lions. So now, moving on to Minnesota. We're going up there. One o'clock start. Minnesota's coming off a loss as well. But, you know, it's a division game. If anything, you have to win your division games. We're 1-0 in the division right now. Let's keep it rolling. Because we got some division games coming up. I think our next... 
Our next three or four games are division games. I think. Yep. Yeah, Minnesota, yep. Chicago. At Minnesota, at Chicago, home against Panthers, Chicago yeah. again. So three or four division games. So these this these next four games are going to determine the Lions season. Because if the Lions win three of four, you're probably leading the division. Yeah. I mean, you'd definitely be up on Chicago. And, you know, the Lions need to win three or four. If they, if they, you know, the Lions season is still alive, but they have to win three or four. That's the way I look at it. You just take the season in four game increments. And maybe now the defense practicing with a full week worth of snacks Maybe they kind of figure out how to adjust around him so that way the whole unit's better. For sure. I mean, I I do think, you know, as the season still goes on, I do think the Lions defense will get better just because it is a whole new scheme. And I think players will, you know, they'll learn more and understand more as the season goes on. Um. And adding snacks in the long run will help. You know, we'll have him next year, and then we'll we could possibly even have him the year after that if we pick up the option on his contract. So he, he's sticking around, and that that's a big anchor in the middle of our defense. Is Anza close to returning? I mean, every everything I read, like every week, it's like he's close, but. They don't know. Oh, I read some today where it literally said he's day-to-day, so I don't even know, like, I don't even know what that means with him. I mean, imagine a healthy him with snacks. I would help a lot. Snacks can help shut down that run. Anza would be able to go after the quarterback for the passing. Like, it just, it would make that unit so much stronger. Literally, it would. Because if you can rush the quarterback, it helps everyone else Yeah, with the coverage. And now, there's been a little breaking news with the Detroit Lions. There is. ESPN needs to update their uh, receiving stats here. Now there's a big trade happened. Two big trades. But we'll talk about the Lions one because it's more important. Um, the Detroit Lions send Golden Tate to the Philadelphia Eagles for a third round draft pick. So I'll go first and then I'll let you go. But I'm just going to vent what I think about everything. Um, I guess I'll give like what's real and then I'll give my opinion. So here, here's the thing. This is from what the Detroit Lions are thinking. They were not going to re-sign him. He's going. This is last year on his contract. He's going to want a lot of money because he has performed very well. He's 30 years old, and the Detroit Lions were not going to re-sign him. They, you know, that's been the thing all year. Like it's been rumored they're not. They were not going to re-sign him. So as crappy as it is. You'd rather get something for him than him just leaving. 
So from just the the old truth of the matter is the Lions were not going to re-sign him. So, you know, they got something for him is what you want to do. Third-round pick's not a bad pick. You know, one could argue, you know, Amari Cooper was a first-round pick, but Dallas might have been stupid for giving up a first-round pick for him. So we got a third. I would not have taken anything lower than that. That's sort of the cutoff for me. Yeah, Fine with it. Now, personally – uh, he is the yak king, yard after catch. He's one of the best in the whole league after catching a pass, getting yardage. However, you know, this sort of comes back to how the Patriots run their organization. They don't pay wide receivers. They're not going to go spend a crap ton of money on wide receivers. Especially Golden Tate being a slot receiver, hitting, being 30 years old already. No, they're not going to give him a huge contract. It's easier to find a slot receiver than a, you know, an outside top number one target. Yeah. So, you know, I, I really think the Lions are going to put a lot of assets in the defense this offseason. So, you know, the, letting him go opens – if they wanted to, I wouldn't. But now there is a possibility they could sign Ziggy if they wanted to. They have the cap space. Would I do it? No. If they do it, I'm assuming they, they're not going to give him a lot of money because he hasn't played. I wouldn't sign him. So, but that that is an option. Or you could go out and sign a pass rusher or whatever. They have the money to do that since they're not going to invest it in him. Like I said, it is easy to find a slot receiver compared to giving up, you know, the outside receiver that is a deep threat whatever, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. It, it's easier to find a slot receiver, but, you know, his yards after the catch, that is that is huge. Like, any time he caught the ball, it could turn into a big play because he didn't give up after he caught it. You know, he fought for extra yards. But like you said, he's 30. Um, could the team contend this year? Maybe, but with as iffy as they are, I'm actually okay with this. The third round pick, I think it, I think that's huge. You know, it, stuff you read before, it was like experts thought fourth, maybe a fifth rounder for him. I read in a few different places. So getting a third, that's huge. You know, if you draft right, a third round pick will play for you right away. Right. So I like it. It's going to leave money available for us to address defense, like you said. Um. It hurts Stafford in the short term. But maybe now they'll call up big name right here, Jace Billingsley. Little white kid, sort of yeah. like Wes Welker or yeah, whatever. Yeah. He's sort of – he's always been like on the practice squad. He's never gotten called up because, you know, we've had Golden Tate. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they call him up. Maybe to the uh, left Stafford go more deep ball too a little bit. Yeah, that would be nice to see again. You know, get Galladay more involved. He's kind of been quiet these last couple weeks. Uh, it, yeah, it'll be. I mean, it is sad to see him go. Like I did, I I liked Golden Tate a lot. I think his wife is absolutely beautiful. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with the football team. But I okay. know, but okay, uh, good family. Sort of sad to see him go. 
I don't know. I, it, it, you get, I know it's a business. You do, you do get attached to like, no, you get what? attached to players. Like when Gold, Golden Tate has been one of my more favorite players right. to watch. Yeah, he, yeah. Plus, he he was the last attachment to Megatron besides Stafford. Yep. Yeah, that's true. The, for his first year, he played with Callen Johnson, I believe. So it is. It's sort of sad to see him go, but it's a business. They don't want to pay a receiver that's over 30 years old a big contract. I really don't blame them for that. And another idea to how you could replace him, too, is uh, if Riddick gets back to being healthy. Put him in the slot, just man. Head, turn him into a slot receiver. Yeah, you could do that, he too. Did, he doesn't really run the ball. So. Right. So just bam. It's an option. So, yeah, uh, the, the Lions, Lions are still in it. Like we just said, they, they control their destiny. So ESPN updated the page, receiving yard leader now for Detroit is Kenny Galladay. 30 receptions, 477 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah, I would assume Kenny will be more involved now, especially since our top target's gone. I think we agree. Short term, it hurts. Going forward, though, in next year. For the team, going forward, it helps yeah. for sure. But hopefully it does good in uh, Philly. Hopefully not too well, though. Want him to do good. Hopefully Philly sucks. That way the pick is higher. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Philly's been sort of disappointing kind of this year. So I, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see how he does. I'll, you know, I'll still look forward to watching him because he is fun to watch. But that will sort of wrap up this episode. We covered a lot. This episode is a little tad longer than usual. But once again, I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Don't forget, you can listen to any of our podcast episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Anywhere else you might be able to listen to podcasts we're probably available and once again don't forget to check out the facebook page morning leftover sports podcast and we will see y'all in the next episode have a good one bye bye